supply chain justin absolutely taking my own desk over here <laughs> so excited yeah dude last night was a great night now i i've only been to cleveland once and the first time i ever came down here was the first story I ever did to freight waves it was uh in 2019 it was when falcon transport shut down had to come down i didn't get much time to stay in cleveland because that was in, in youngstown, youngstown. My, my first time, time down, down here. here so this is a little bit of a homecoming though justin been a long time since i've been to cleveland been to Akron many times but not a whole lot of Truck stops happening up here. Hey, for those of you who've never seen the show before, What the Truck's a podcast that happens three times a week live, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Your Nooner with Dooner, Eastern Time. If you're on the West Coast, I'd be like your Niner. Niner with, di- with Niner Dooner. With Diner. Niner with Diner. Something like that. But thank you for joining us here. I'm Dooner. This is Justin Martin here. He yeah. is a former truck driver. He drove until I hired him here to start working on the show. He brings driver perspective and he does some social media for us. So yeah. welcome to Cleveland, Justin. Thanks for having me. Hey, so last night, I don't know if you all there, we must have had like the largest logistics audience ever at a baseball game. Were you guys at the Guardians last night? Who was at the Guardians? That guy was at the Guardians. He gets a hat. Here you go. Hat for you. Nice. Anyone uh, else at the Guardians game? Oh, Reed uh, was at the Guardians game. He gets a hat. There you go, buddy. <laughs> Anybody else? We'll throw a couple more out here. There, there you go. go. Here you over here. You already got one. There you go. And we got one more for you guys. There you go. Well, something really cool, though. So the name The Guardians, right? They're, they had to change the name for uh, reasons, obviously. <laughs> they almost went with The Spiders, which was their old name, which I would have loved. But they went with The Guardians. And I didn't know this, but I went with Alan Adler to the game yesterday. Alan, huge baseball nerd, huge history nerd. Yeah. And he told me The Guardians of Transformation, he showed me the Hope Bridge over there, right? Hope Bridge, their bridge they built in 1932. And apparently Bob Hope, even though the name has nothing to do with it, Bob Hope's great-grandfather helped build that bridge over there. And if you go and you look at that bridge at the stadium, there's a bunch of pillars over there. They almost look like Masonic pillars, and they are the guardians of transformation. But some guy, there was a guy named Albert Porter. He threatened to destroy these pylons. He said, those columns are monstrosities and should be torn down and forgotten. There's nothing particularly historic about any one of them. We're not running a May show here. What's a May show? I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's get into some things here now. My, my favorite part of the show, any event to go to, is to go to all your boots. You put such hard work into it. You brought your swag with it. So right now we're starting a segment called Rate the Swag Work. Justin walked around to all of your boots, and he found the best stuff here. What do we got, Justin? We got like a list of the top five here. So going from the bottom here, not a lot of socks. Um, I was told socks were in a couple years ago. Yeah. They kind of went out of style. So, I'm into um, it. Descartes, bringing them back. Nice. Um, Anyone out there with uh, some furry friends at home, loot, they got you covered. Or loop, sorry. Little cat uh, for loop. Yeah. Little dog uh, bandanas. Um, Triumph Pay. Triumph Pay. They have these really nice uh, AirPod-ish wireless. Type things. Yeah. And uh, Torque, these are really funny. Um, they look like taillights, and they light up. Nice. And then... Uh, the, Number one. The, the most unique thing I've ever seen at a freight conference is from Payhawk. They have these coffee... Grinders. Grinders. You got some coriander. You got to be like some black pepper pieces. You got to grind them up. Make sure they yeah. fit on your salad. They're for your coffee. Really cool. Well, Freight yeah. Tech is coming into all different industries. We're going to have an amazing show today. Justin, thank you for joining me up here. If you guys need anything, you need a shirt or anything, my boy Justin here will hook come you up. That way. Come over that way. He'll get you a hat or whatever you need. Now we got to bring up our first guest, though. 
What do we got here? We're gonna talk about the black hole of logistics, and we got Turbo and Port X. Gentlemen, come on up here right now. Here they are. Man, you guys look awesome. Tom, you look, I told him you look better in person, but I think you might look better in person than him. I like the hat too. I, think I like the you, sticker. That you keep the sticker on there. Yeah, I think what you told that. me is that I look like I look on LinkedIn, and I said I'm not catfishing you. <laughs> no. I, well, I know, but like some people, you go to, you guys know this, right? You go to an <laughs> event, and some, they just don't look the same. And I'm not saying like better or worse, but you look exactly like your picture. I appreciate that. Now, guys, what is the black hole of logistics? Listen, it's, it's, <laughs> it's something that's always been an issue um, in the supply chain. And at Port X, we set out to provide the gold standard of service. Yeah. So you needed that visibility. And how you get... Let's stop right yeah. there, just real quick. For those who didn't go to Port X's booth, what does Port X do? Specialized in expediting containerized cargo, cargo throughout, throughout the U.S. and Canada. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so, so um, you know, with uh, we needed the tech. We needed the latest and greatest attack, and we needed something powerful to help us provide that visibility to the supply chain. And luckily, about six years ago, we ran into Turbo. And uh, we partnered up, and it's been a thriving partnership ever since. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when we talk about the drainage space, I mean, I think most of us here in the technology space would agree that we got a ways to go as an yeah. industry. We're a little, little behind, but I think in drainage, more than anything, we've always struggled to get that visibility because of that fragmentation. And Portex has a unique story, and I love it because their story has just been the launch pad for their growth, and they have just they've embraced everything about turbo from day one and it's so integral to their growth strategy that they're pushing all of this collaborative visibility out into the drainage space and they've grown tremendously because of it now we hear the term visibility a lot but what does collaborative visibility mean to the two of you because you're here you're you guys are an example of why we go to these events right to forge partnerships to meet one another how did you two find that synergy and how does it work I mean, I think there's a lot of blue dots out there. And yeah. I, that's a good question. Especially my inbox. <laughs> a lot. Oh, man. Don't bring that up. <laughs> um, for me, it's the fact that Turbo extends that visibility. It's a blue dot with actionability. So contextually, you guys at Portex can share whatever it is, whether it's container numbers or statuses or the actual physical location of a box at any given moment to your shippers and your carrier partners and allow them to interact with you in your office all in the same virtual space being turbo. Yeah, I mean, we're handling multimodal shipments. So what we're yeah. doing essentially is tracking and tracing the vessel or container from the time of sailing all the way to the port of discharge, outgate, final delivery, empty termination. And we're providing that visibility all the way from the time of sailing to final delivery, empty termination by one click. We're making it as easy as possible for any party of the supply chain all around the world to have ETAs, last three days, holds, outgate dates, delivery, all of that, and that's thanks to Turbo. Now, let me stop you for a second, though, because how? Like, it's gotten, drainage has gotten tougher, right? Sure. We're talking about, you mentioned the fragmentation, but that's never been more evident than in 2021, 2022, with the shifts to the East Coast, with the, yep. thankfully, settled ILW labor dispute, the way everything has been moving around. How sure. do you keep a handle on that? Because your goal is to make the shippers happy, right? Yep. And the carriers know where their freight is. How do you how do you bring that together in such a, a world that got even more fragmented? Well, you got to stay on top of things. Yeah. You know, you got you got to watch what the truck and you got to know what's going sure. on. And <laughs> and so we've done a fantastic job of ensuring that we understand what's going on out there and not only, you know, uh, taking advantage of that internally, but spreading the good word throughout the supply chain. Does yeah, visibility I mean, take collaboration? Absolutely. I mean, the the fun part for me in my role is coming from the broker world now on the other side. 
I get to see different strategies across the country. And Port X has committed to visibility and collaboration. I mean, Tom, how often are you showing Turbo to your shippers and carriers? I'm going to have about a year? 300 demos this year. I yep. mean, there's a, yep. it takes a commitment to your technology strategy, but it always takes the right people. It's a people first industry. Port X has a great team and it, right tech, right people, it's a recipe for success. Well, it's not full automation yet, right? We're not there yet. So it's got to take the people and the tech. And at Port X, I mean, we just have operators that are handling the business cradle to grave. We have accounting, operations, and sales, and that's essentially it. So we have well-rounded transportation professionals that are managing the shipment, but also taking advantage of that tech as well. So the combination is just a win-win. Wow. So do you guys have an example of, of since you started this partnership, who someone who's lost in the dark, they had no visibility that you've brought to the light? Absolutely. I mean, we've we've reduced the soft costs for a number of our customers. I mean, we're talking millions of dollars that our customers were paying in demurrage uh, per diem. And with our visibility, with our proactive uh, communication and whatnot, uh, we're, we're dampening those soft costs uh, by a big amount. I mean, and that's exactly what it is when we talk about that actionable visibility. It's yeah. so far beyond just where's my shipment, where's my container, where's my load. It's, it's empowering your team, but also your network of trading partners to manage their costs and manage their transportation and their supply chains. So is collaborative visibility, it's not just a buzzword. I mean, that, that's essential to actually creating visibility in this space. And the reason I bring that up is a lot of people haven't talked in terms of collaborative visibility. They've... they've marketed their own solutions, they've sold their own solutions, but you guys here are talking about bringing it together. And I think that's essential to do it. I mean, you, you said it right there. When you've got so many different intermediaries in a fragmented world, without collaboration, you have nothing. We can't do it all ourselves. Yeah. Can't do it all ourselves. And, you know, it's not even just PortX and Turvo. It's, it's, it's Turvo's open APIs that allows us to take advantage or collaborate with many or multiple other parties as well. Now, before I let you guys go, what, what do you want to learn from everyone out here before you leave? Um... Good question. What do you think? That's a fantastic question. I mean, it's always fun for me to see what else is out there and compare these industry leaders and thought leaders. Um, selfishly, I'm looking to see who else is talking about collaboration and who else is making it happen. Nice. Now, I got a quick truck to show you guys before I kick you off the stage. You roll that meanwhile. I want to see what these guys think of this truck that we saw. What do you think about this? This is a, kind of a rate the strap work. Maybe I'll put you guys on the spot here. This guy pulls into a truck. Look at the size of that thing. Tom, that looks wow. like your old minivan. Yeah, Will your no, visibility show me that that's happened to my truck? <laughs> Absolute real-time access to photos, transload photos, truck photos. We have it all for you, for sure. But I don't know if we're going to share photos of that truck with no, any of our customers. No, no, no. That's more of like a, that's more something I'd put on LinkedIn or, or that's Twitter. That's right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much. People who want to connect with you, they want to come to your booth. Where are you guys located? Turbo's right over here on the other side of this stage. Uh, you guys don't have a booth, do you, Tom? No, we're walking around. Um, you're going to see the hat, and uh, you can always visit us at portxlogistics.com. Yeah. Portx marks the spot, guys. Yes, sir. That's right. Take it. it easy. Thank Thanks, you, Dude. Thank you so much. So much, so much for really coming appreciate on. it, man. Thank Take you. Take it easy. Now, right. stop over there and get a T-shirt. I just didn't bring them all up here because I wasn't sure everyone's size. Not even, I didn't want to offend anybody. <laughs> but right over there, they got some shirts and some hats for you. Let's bring Cargomatic up. Who we got from Cargo? Oh, there he is. There's my buddy. What's up, Sunil Sharma? How are you doing? Now, if you heard what those guys just said, so I was talking over there at that coffee about 30 minutes ago, and he tells me, I left the business like 10 years ago, right? And you came back and you were just shocked that not much had changed. <laughs> I think the, the key thing is the convergence of technologies finally yeah. happening to make a meaningful history. 
that the industry is really required, you know, with the last 20, 30 years. We've come at it from different angles, but now we're really making a meaningful impact. You know, I sort of talked to them that they were in the drage before you came up and, and uh, sort of the same kind of question. There's been so much cargo clutter, right? There's been so much shifting of the ports and the, you know, the, the labor disputes, whatever is going to be happening. And again, thankfully that was settled. But how do you support, how do you support your customers and what's your strategy at that? Well, that's a very good question. You know, from the get-go, we actually designed kind of this digital freight marketplace to specifically address the agility and responsiveness that our customers need faced with extreme demand volatility and supply uncertainties that have become commonplace today. Um, and then, you know, given our coverage, we already have presence in about 50 markets in the U.S. Yeah. And 20 ports, and we have daily access to about 35,000 drivers, including our subsidiary-owned assets. So, you know, in, in reality, you can spin up a coverage in a new service area within a matter of 24 hours, given our reach and the technology platform that we use. And our customer-centric approach, combined with the cutting-edge technology that we use, has enabled Cargomatic to craft rock-solid, dependable, and responsive solutions that our customers really need yeah. to address their just-in-time, as well as just-in-case requirements and contingencies. And on top of that, customers also need a central, single sort of centralized control tower you know, that term gets thrown around quite a bit, but what yes. does it really mean? A control Yeah, what does it mean? I was going to stop you and be like, what? I hear that. That's on people's websites, but what does it mean? I, I think what it enables our customers to do is seamlessly orchestrate these massive shifts when they happen, not only through the physical supply chain, but more importantly through the information and financial supply chains as well. So no matter what the cost, the customers are always, you know, armed with the right decision, the right tools to move quickly and deploy solutions with ease and confidence. Now, so if I asked this question two years ago, people would say pandemic, freight congestion, all that kind of thing. But now we're in 2023. From your perspective and what you work on, what is the hot button issue in supply chain that your clients care about? Actually, a couple of issues. You know, I, um, I think artificial intelligence and AI undeniably has become sort of the, you know, the hottest topic, right, that's been discussed in the industry. Yet, amongst all the enthusiasm around artificial intelligence, and specifically as it pertains to the supply chain and logistics industry, one crucial aspect is often overlooked. Mm. You know, that the fundamental requirement to build solid artificial intelligence rests on a foundation of good quality and plenty of data. Yeah. Simply stated, data is the fuel that powers the modern supply chain. You know, so... Um, well, hold on, hold on. You're, you're bringing <laughs> up another sort of... So I used to do RFPs in a previous life before I, I sat here and talked into a microphone. And one of my biggest issues in doing RFPs is I get Excel files all the time where data did not match up. You know, the number truck counts did not match up. Cost per truck did not match up. Data is very dirty in, in this business. How do you deal with inefficient data? Yeah, actually, so let me explain why, what the problems and then I'll come back to inefficient. Yeah. How do we deal with that? So I think the biggest problem, you're right on, you know, if you look at the ecosystem, our ecosystem, the supply chain logistics industry, the data is all scattered in disconnected spreadsheets, or it's entangled in phone calls or paper documents or emails, yeah. or it's trapped in legacy systems that are incompatible. And so we've created these information silos all along the supply chain, right? And that's what really creates the impediment for seamless collaboration, right? It hampers seamless exchange of information. I'll give you an example, like truckers, need data from ports and shippers. Yes. Whereas, you know, shippers and ports need data back from the truckers, right? 
but exchanging that information is simply a monumental undertaking given all the problems that I just highlighted. So what we focused on is really about how do you sort of recycle, first of all, how do you capture data in an intelligent way? Then how do you recycle the data so you can reuse the data intelligently and then build all the sophisticated uh, you know, algorithms that you need on top of that? So otherwise, you know, it's almost like you're driving this very sophisticated and powerful vehicle called artificial intelligence with inferior fuel. Yeah. It simply doesn't work, right? It, and it undermines the industry's potential to solve meaningful problems, right, and drive innovation in the industry. So I know a truck driver, his name's Cool Mo D, right? And he was talking recently about the butterfly effect that happens to a driver. And what happened is he was on his way to Arizona, he got a flat tire. But the problem with that is now that he got a flat tire, he couldn't drop a low that he was expected to drop, right? So because of that, it cost him an extra day, he's not going to be able to catch his load in California. So he loses that load. So he's going to lose two payments and has to worry about his tire. That's the, that's the big butterfly. And there's small things. It starts out with a flat tire, right? How does AI and data deal with that real-world reality of the butterfly effect? That's a, another great question, by the way. So I, I think artificial intelligence or AI is really good at prediction based on historical patterns and historical data. But we've taken it a step further by adding in a layer of very robust exception management capabilities. What do you mean by that? You need really three components. First, you need timely detection. You know, you need to go out and look for problematic shipments. You, know, you gotta look for shipments that are deviating from the plan or going off track, you know, no pun intended there. Sure. Uh, completely, right? So, and, so what you need is timely detection, you need intervention to triage the issue quickly, and then quickly deploy the solution to stop the bleeding before it becomes a costly problem down the road. Now, this is a lot of theory. What is Cargomatic actually doing to address these issues? I think uh, at the very core, if you look at what we've done, is focused on that data management. Because without data, as I said, you have a weak foundation. So once you get clean data in the system, that's when the magic starts to unfold. So what we've done at Cargomatic is taken this you know, inspiration from the Swiss Army knife. You know, it's a handy, many-bladed tool. Yeah. And, uh, and we need that kind of tool to really wrangle data out of the variety of systems that are used by our carriers, our shippers, and the ecosystem at large. So let me give you some examples. You know, if, if, you're, if your preferred method of communication is EDI, or electronic data inter interchange, then we have a blade to move data with EDI. Yeah. If your system talks API, we even have a blade for RESTful APIs. If all your system can do is spit out images or PDF for paper documents, we use computer vision AI called optical, you know, that utilizes optical character recognition, OCR, to even wrangle data out of text documents, right, or paper documents. And if you have nothing, we've, we can also go and create a bot using robotic process automation or RP that essentially automates repetitive mundane tasks that a human user would have to do otherwise. So we have, we have been sharpening a number of these blades, adding more blades, and we have several other tricks up our sleeves. So that's one set just focused on getting the right data. The second layer that we built on top of that is efficient recycling, intelligent and efficient recycling and reuse of data. Once you do that, you minimize the effort to actually, you know, because all across those 20 silos that I just mentioned earlier, everybody's you know, entering the same data over and over again. Now, if you can recycle and reuse that data, you minimize the burden on manual data entry, but also you know, minimize or reduce errors and omissions that happen with manual data entry. So that's the second layer. The third layer that we focused on is interoperability. 
So we've deeply integrated our transportation network, the trucking network, into all key infrastructure nodes across the extended supply chain. So that would include ports, uh, you know, ocean transportation network, the railroads, as well as storage facilities. So that way our customers have an end-to-end -end picture, you know, the complete story essentially in a single pane of glass instead of doing a swivel chair across you know, multiple systems. So that has enormous benefit. All of these innovations has helped us really create clean data, reuse data in a way to power, then build the sophisticated workflows and intelligence that we all crave and need. And those are the innovations that we brought to the table. So what it allows us to do is then really create the right fuel that is a data to power our customer supply chain. And once we do that, then we are able to deliver exceptional value to our customers by protecting their top line as well as enhancing the bottom line. Okay, so let's land the plane. Before I let you go, where do you see AI fitting into all this? So you, you get the data where it needs to be. Look, because there's so much talk about AI and, and everyone knows ChatGPT and that stuff and, and the good and the bad, but what, what's real, be realistic about AI. What can it do in I, uh, supply chain? So there's several use cases, right? There's use cases for automation. There's yeah. use cases for prediction. There's use, case, use cases for decision making. I'll, let's take an example for automation. Let's go back to the paper documents that I was talking about, right? So I know ChatGPT, everybody's, it's caught the imagination of everybody, right? So yeah. there's a huge difference between the AI that you need for text recognition versus text interpretation. Yes. So big problem with text recognition. What is a big problem with text recognition is, if you look at those paper documents and the scanned documents, they're not all high quality. Yeah. They're not all in the same format. Sometimes you have handwritten notes <laughs> on a paper document. So recognition itself is such a monumental undertaking given the quality of the input that's coming at you. Then the other problem, the form of AI that we need is the output. We have no creative license. A bill of lading has to be a bill of lading, right? A manifest has to be a manifest. A load tender has to be a load tender. It's not like I can write poetry around it, right? It needs to be very, very structured. So the output needs to be very structured. So that's one example of AI that is used in automation. Predictions, you know, well understood, you know, with the more historical data you have, you look for patterns and look for repeat of those patterns in the current scenario. So that's another form. So we can, the, the use case there would be predicting, you know, variability in supply, you know, or seasonality, detecting seasonality, cyclicality, and then making sure you have the, you know, you can take care of the ebb and flow in demand and supply. Sure. Well, so do people want to learn more about Cargomatic? They want to meet you. Where, where are they going to find you at this event? Well, we're located right here on kiosk uh, A116. That's on the left-hand side of. Perfect. Uh, well, thank you so much for stopping by. It was yeah, great to see you in much. Cleveland. Yeah, thank Maybe you Maybe we'll much. see you in Chattanooga sometime. Definitely. Maybe sometime in uh, November, uh, F3. Maybe we'll I'll see all of you up. there. <laughs> but in the meantime, Imaginovate. We got Imaginovate. Here's Kyler Ford. Here he comes. A little cowbell roll, please. What's up? What's happening? You're like, you're kind of a noob over there, aren't you? I was looking at your LinkedIn. Yeah, pretty new. Um, I've been uh, in and around the industry now a while, uh, recently at Trucker Tools, uh, and uh, been an advisor for the company for some time, and uh, came on full board here uh, just recently. So, what, 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 before we even get into your topic, what do you want to learn from everyone here? Because I asked the other guys, it stumped them a little bit, so I want to see where you're coming from. What do I want to learn? What do you want to learn from everyone else here? 
I think it's just uh, for me, it's it's kind of understanding the the biggest pain points that they have uh, in the industry and in real world problems. I mean, I think we have the luxury here of kind of talking about some things that we wishful want to have happen and some cool technologies that are emerging. But like, really, at the end of the day, what drives their operations, uh, where they think they can improve, and, and how best to solve that with technology. Now, you you guys work on creating tech roadmaps, right? Tell us a little bit about that. What, what does a tech roadmap look like? What does that mean? Yeah, maybe I'll pause just for a second. I think you know, when I meet with companies around the country, I think in any of us, if you and I had a, co a company together, you know, we'd have a big roadmap of things we want to get done in, in 2023. And you know, we'd look back right now and say, look, we got most of it done, but there's a lot of things out there we'd still like to get done. Um, what we do is we kind of come in and help facilitate that, whether that's development resources, whether that's uh, digital solutions that you don't have, that you need to have, or ones, I mean, there are a lot of great tools out here, right? I mean, if you need tracking, you, trucker tools, if you need a TMS, there's plenty of them, right? Like, but there's a lot of gray area of things that you can't get done on that roadmap that you need some help with. And usually when you go looking for that partner, they're not always specific to logistics. Yeah. So what we do uh, at Imagine in a logistics studio is really sit down with all these great people, define that roadmap, and understand the pieces that they need that are most important now and in the future, and we're that consistent partner all the way through to help them develop it. So like how? How do you, how do, you do that? Because <laughs> I've been in companies, and tech is like, Exhausting. Like if you're looking, it can be when you're doing all the research on it. It's like I don't know which direction to go, and some of these can be really expensive decisions, right? And they yeah. can cost you if you make the wrong one. It costs you a lot of money, costs you a lot of time. I mean, you make the really wrong one, could cost you your company. Right. But so can an action. So how do you determine what's good for a company? Because I think that's a question a lot of people have here. As the other boots, they go, "This is great, but how does this fit in my company?" So how do you determine that? Yeah, I think we we do an exhaustive process really with them to understand kind of what they have in place today what fits, what integrates, what doesn't, and kind of get all the cards on the table because I think what a lot of people struggle with is understanding how it all fits together and they don't have unlimited resources as you mentioned, right? So we need to get together with them to understand what the most important pieces are that we ironed out first and then nice to haves, want to haves, and then deliverables. Uh, and we do a really nice job, again, we've worked with some pretty large logistics providers uh, and really make sure that those product roadmaps are definitive in terms of deadlines and deliverables, and that they really make an impact in their business. Because at the end of the day, regardless of how much you're investing, you want to see that return come back full fold, and we make sure we do that with our customers. Where are you seeing the returns in tech? Automation, uh, I mean, really? we've talked a lot about here, but like, you know, we talk about- What ways, kind of automation? I mean, you heard, I think, uh, I was at a conference recently about the number of emails that some large brokers get, up, upwards to like a million a day. Um, so email automation is a really big tool. Uh, so I don't have to get on the phone and make six calls back and forth to you. We can do it all seamlessly uh, back and forth. And, and rate negotiations, another one in automation that helps. Pricing comes up a lot, right? So again, that piece of understanding kind of where that delta is and making sure that you get that back to your customer as quick as possible. So that automation to me, uh, the real life scenarios are really where you make an impact, right? We can talk high level out of the cloud stuff all day, but the stuff that people are doing on a regular basis, day in, day out, that's where you see the, the return. Interesting. Interesting. And how are they, like, I know this is such a broad question, but what's a good example of you've seen well-implemented tech? Because I've seen poorly implemented tech <laughs> where the problem that happens in like a lot of 3PLs, or maybe I'm just biased because there's the ones I did, but you have like a product manager, right? Yeah. And that, it's, that person in and of their self is a silo. 
because a lot of times they're not really collaborating with anyone else other than like finance to get the deal done, but they'll bring a program and they'll onboard it, but then they won't train anybody on how to use it. And what happens is you just get digital rot, right? You get yeah. digital rot in your infrastructure of these programs that people aren't using. And the bad part of that is twofold, because then when you go to get new tech, someone says, the finance goes, your CFO says, well, we just financed this other thing. Yeah. The, the, how do you prevent that? I buy-in is critical, right? I mean, from day one, it's really critical that I'm, I'm in sales. So my goal is not just to sell you on it, it's to sell the organization on it, because if there's not buy-in from the early days, the utilization will be down, the, the product itself will just fail, and then you'll be having those conversations with your finance folks. So it's really critical to have buy-in, have a champion within your organization, whether it's a small tool uh, or really like a, a systematic change that you're doing. And I think the goal of that is early days to have fleshed out all those questions as much as possible, so that way, you know, when that decision is down to the 10-yard line, or five-yard line, that everyone's already bought in, and you don't have to bring people in last minute and say, hey, you know, what are you thinking about this? Uh, it's already decided up front, everyone's flushed everything out, and then you should feel pretty confident about your decision. Let's do an example. I'm a medium-sized 3PL, right? Yeah. Come to you guys, I, I haven't really got ahead of my tech. I'm not faxing people, we finally got <laughs> scanning, but like, that's, that's about it. Yeah. Where do you start? The first thing we do is, again, is kind of understand what you have and what you don't have. Yeah. And kind of understand the people that you have. And I think that's another thing people forget is each one of these organizations is staffed differently, right? IT to you may mean different than IT to me. Yeah. Your IT may fix the phones and the email and the server, make sure things just run. My IT team might have a, an innovation roadmap and things that we're building in-house that you haven't thought of or haven't thought of. So first thing we need to do is understand that DNA. Because if you don't have those people, some of these things, no matter how great we are, aren't going to work or they may not work as fast or the way that you want them. So I like to look at the people that you have, I like to look at the existing processes, and I like to understand kind of like what you want to be when you grow up. Yeah. And that doesn't mean when you're fully grown, that might mean in two years or one year. And understand that that's a process, and none of that happens overnight. Any of these great companies that are here that have great technology, they all will tell you, whether it's Echo or any of these folks that I see out there in the crowd, it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. So the key is to set that foundational understanding and make sure there's a culture that also breeds that same type of technology appetite. Now let me ask you though, like with tech, again, like not everybody is super sort of tech advanced, there's gotta be training involved. How do you advise on training? Is that something that should be internal? Is that something that the tech provider should do for you? Is that something a third party should do for you? How should that be done successfully? Yeah, I think there's a bunch of ways to go about it. I mean, for us, delivering a great solution and services and solutions, we, we give that to you kind of full photo on a platter, and then we try to help implement ways for you to, to put it onto your people. I think that's the best way, in my opinion, is that organizationally, that you have such buy-in that you want to train people, that you know the product almost as well or better than the people that build it. Uh, and that way, from the ground up, there's never like a, a disconnect. And also, regardless of how close you are with your partner and, and at Logistics Studio, we're super intimate with our customers, there's still just a, a keen understanding that needs to exist within the organization, so that way from top to bottom, inside and out, if you leave the company, I leave the company, we all understand how it works and we're all bought in. So before I let you go, what's one thing you want to do in Cleveland before you leave? <laughs> Uh, I want to be my of, cowbell. Yeah, hit me your cowbell. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> More cowbell. There you right. go. Loud too. Make them hear it on that main stage. Because if he does it, I can't get in trouble. Almost there like the end go. of bell. Thank you. Thanks, Thank man. you. Thank you so much. Uh, hey, where do people find you here? Uh, we're just on the back wall over there. Come by and see us. Uh, we're happy to talk to you more. Cool. Well, thank All you so much. Thanks, it was great to meet you. Now, my next gentleman here, you've probably seen their truck in the back, but now we're going to find out how the hell they got that thing in here. So get up here, brother. I love it. I came in here yesterday, Kevin, and I see your truck sitting out there. 
It's a nice Freightliner. Actually, I was FaceTiming my kids. I was walking through the floor and I was kind of showing them like, yeah, I'm at this event. And I get to the front of that truck and they see the Freightliner thing. And my kids, they just went to see the new Transformers movie, Rise of the Beast. Yeah. And when you go through Transformers Rise of the Beast, you can get, for, it's like $50. You can get a, this Optimus, this plastic Optimus Prime truck that doubles as like a popcorn holder and a, and a drink, but on the front of it, it has the nice Freightliner logo. So nice. my six-year-old Sebastian, he was like, Optimus Prime! And I was like, nah, it's just, it's just a Freightliner. No, that's good. It might be a good Christmas gift idea for us. That? I can have that? No. Because right, no, I was going to say, Justin didn't tell me that was swag. We can get you a free ride. You, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what, I know we just like go demolition derby? I here? know a guy. Well, you can help us back it out of here. So how did you get in here? Because like, when you bring these in, there's, there's a few things you got to do, right? You can't just yeah. roll it in. You got to empty oil and things like that. Well, I'd love to take the credit for doing it. Yeah. And, and, I've, and I've concocted this really cool story about how we did it and navigating through all of this. But Yeah. But really, we had a lot of the stuff removed. Yes. Um, it, it was still pretty tricky. We talked to our driver. Obviously, you got to be a professional driver to do it. Um, of course. You know, I would love to try my hand at it, put you behind the wheel as well. But it's, uh, yeah, there was a lot of steps involved. You know, I appreciate the, the Freedman crew was good and, and obviously the Freight Wage crew navigating us through all the pillars and everything. So people who don't know Pallet Trader, you guys have a pretty interesting company. Tell everybody. So Pallet Trader is the world's first online marketplace for buying, selling, and internally trading of pallets. Yeah. So you can use the platform, anything from like transactional um, single purchases all the way through managing a centralized or decentralized organization of pallets. You know, whether you have one location or, or 300 across the country, uh, you can manage all that through Pallet Trader. Now, what do pallets tell us about the economy? Well, pallets and transportation run very much hand in hand. I think transportation leads pallets a little bit in regards to some of the data and the whole canary in the coal mine thing. Um, so we're, we're interested to see what some of our other uh, freight and freight tech folks have to say about the market. Now, I was looking at a report by the great Rachel Premack, and she looks at things like cardboard box demand, you know, to find out what's going on in freight, because you got to put freight in cardboard boxes. What do you learn about uh, pallet demand? And what is that looking like right now? Is pallet demand good? Uh, pallet demand is good, right? Obviously, there was a, a softening in some of the prices, yeah. uh, as we've seen with, with some of the things. But uh, it, it follows hand in hand with transportation. But you know, I saw uh, Rachel's post today just around you know grocery price. So I'm interested to check out that read. How much can like a pallet vary in price? What kind of variances do you see? Uh, it, it, again, similar to transportation, depending upon you know the the grade that you're looking for, like the service level, uh, or where the region of the country. Uh, very similar. Like a, a new pallet today may be anywhere from twelve to to eighteen bucks. Wow. You know where eighteen months ago it might have been forty. Jeez, <laughs> back to the COVID world, you know. Back to the COVID world. Now you guys are doing a, you guys are doing a demo. What are you showing off in the demo? Well, we had a, we had an exciting announcement come out today. What is um, it? Freight Waves had the exclusive article on that, so that was cool. What is it? Uh, we're rolling out uh, Pallet Trader Plus. Pallet Trader Plus. Pallet Trader Plus is the What's managed services aspect of Pallet Trader. So we've had a lot of customers come to tell us, not just the large enterprise customers, but we had a lot of customers tell us like, hey, we, we love this pallet trader thing. You know, and it was originally launched as a self-serve, do-it-yourself online SaaS model. And we had a lot of customers say, hey, we absolutely love this thing, but we want you to do it for us. Mm. And we said, okay. And so it's just, it, it's literally a page out of the, the 3PL outsourcing playbook. We're just doing it for the pallet world. Now... Before you go, tell people where they can find you. Because are you near the truck? You got a booth over there? Yeah, and we don't have a booth at the truck, but uh, we should. We got to talk to the crew about that. But we're right here. It's at 312. It's right around the corner. All right. Thank you for stopping yeah, by. Now, the dynamic duo. You two gentlemen, I need to bring you up. I got it. Marcus and Mustafa, come on up here, you two. Before I be, I, you're, I got to see you two. Come right here to these seats right here.
What's up, Mo? Hey. Where'd you get in here from? You're usually, aren't you like a Miami guy? Uh, no, I don't no. go to Miami. I'm Why? Conservative. You look, you look Miami though. What a white jacket you. Man, wear. he is flashy. I mean, he he's flashy. the well dressed. No, he's well dressed all the way. You guys man. know these yeah. two. If you're on the floor, these are two gentlemen you should be talking to right here. The great Marcus Cooksey, Duke AI. Yeah. And my boy Mustafa. Thank you for the invite. How you doing? Hey, I'm. Glad How you doing? To be on. How's Cleveland treating you guys? Pretty good, man. I was uh, looking at the best things to do here. Uh, yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I know you're a rock star. Your, yeah. your, your picture's probably up there. Is it? It, it should be. I don't know. I was signing shirts earlier. Did you see that? Oh, my God. I was God. signing all sorts of things up here. <laughs> I want one, man. <laughs> Someone brought their baby. It yeah. was crazy. Marcus, why are you out here? Why, what brings you to Cleveland? Man, I came here to hang out with some of the coolest people in tech, right? Because uh, I always say technology people are cool. And just to walk around and, and, and I always tell people I'm not the smartest person, uh, but I'm smart enough to hang around with a lot of technology people, and I have a lot of technology people on my team. And as I look around and seeing like Pallet Trader and all the things that they're doing around innovation, I'm here to kind of learn as well. Dude, he was AI before AI was like <laughs> this buzzword that was cool. Duke AI, what has AI changed that much, or is it all just marketing? It it hadn't changed. I'll be honest. It has been marketing. Most people don't realize that. OpenAI, ChatGPT, you know how long it was out before? How long? 2012. 2012? They got their first one million users you in 2022. When were you using it? Yeah. yeah. I just That's like when you say, like, you ever talk to someone and they're like, I've been shopping on Amazon since 19... Like, who cares that you shopped at Amazon in 1996? Yeah. But, but he's going to be like, I use ChatGPT since 2012. Honestly, it, it's pretty refined right now. I, yeah. I, I, I've been using it. I'm not going to lie. And it works really well. You just have to make sure that once you use it, you proofread it and you add your own insight to it yeah. because I've been saying for years the answer is RoboCop. Yeah. RoboCop. Yeah. Half human. Yeah. Half AI. So would you get that Neuralink thing that Elon's trying to put out there? Would I get it? That kind of yeah. scares me, man. <laughs> that, that might be. Uh, that's you close to the uh, Illuminati. <laughs> so. I don't know, but I think, my, I think my, my mobile phone is like that Neuralink, right? Because I yeah. tell you, it knows what I'm thinking. Because I go and open up my app and it asks if I say it or even think it now, oh, yeah. it, it appears. So I think I'm close to it already, so I may as well go ahead and go and get connected to the now, Matrix. Is so that it, like knowing you better than you know yourself, or is it literally just listening? I, I don't both. know. I, I think probably both. I think it's a combination of both. Now, you guys have been around the floor, right? You see a bunch of new companies, some old, some new. You're, you guys are businessmen. You're always looking for partnerships. What kind of What excites you right now? You don't have to name names, but like what tech or like... This is what excites me. And I always tell people, freight tech has been flat. Meaning a person does this and then another person does this and it doesn't integrate well. I'm starting to hear more of Mm. the stacked approach. So when you think about an Apple phone, mobile phone, it's a stacked approach where multiple vendors are integrated into a single platform. And I think many people here are thinking like that now. Would you agree with that? Yes, and other things that excite me this time because I've been to a lot of these conferences. What what's different about this conference is it's post tight money. Yeah. Okay. So before this conference, money was easy to get, and now ever since the banks closed down um, and economic shift, now that the, a lot of the companies that are burning capital or just not really value driven are out of the way and value reigns supreme. Uh, the second thing that excites me is like collaboration. You see this logo right here on this booth. It says sure. Venture Fifty Three. Yeah, that's that's one of my uh, investors right there. And Pat Martin right now was on stage and he gave a great speech about how they're still backing up great uh, companies with money. And 
pretty much everybody here, we're moving towards one network. Remember we talked about in the last show, network of networks? Yeah. Third thing excites me. Yeah. That freaking cowbell. Well, I'll let you hit it so you can interrupt Pat's, Pat's speech in a minute. By the way, I gotta get, hold on a second. I gotta get this hey, shout out to Charlie Dahoney out there, by the way. Charlie gave me, uh, he took me up from the cheap seats yesterday CD. down to uh, the 100 rows. So I just got to say thank you, dude. Yeah. yeah. All right. Z-Box sorry. is legit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, so I, I think so. It's cool because I started this out. There, the guests came up and they're like, look, visibility has to be collaborative now. That was yeah. like the first thing. Visibility has to be collaborative now. Is that a big sea change? Because like you were like, Freight Tech was flat. It's just this company's this, this company's yeah. this, this company's this. Yeah. Is everybody out here talking like that now? Yeah. I, uh, I think everybody's singing that tune right yeah. now because the customers want it. Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree. Uh, and it makes it much easier for, for us. For And I mean, you talk about what Mo was saying. Believe it or not, it keeps us from being scattered brain. We focus on one thing now. And even if and then we try to partner with someone else. We just met a company that does gate verification. And instead of us, we thought about it, but now we're like, hey, do you guys license that? And it was like, I don't know about that, but maybe we should, right? So these are the kind of conversations that are happening now. Yeah, uh, there's a book called Think and Grow Rich. There's a chapter in that book, it's called The Law of Synergy. Yeah. And it talks about the world is not a zero sum game. Right. And before I, I kid you not, man, when I came into this like three years ago, people were looking to eat each other alive. <laughs> and now a lot of uh, my competitors yeah. are willing to work together. Yeah. And that really, really warms my heart. Do, honestly, so, Do you think that has something to do too with sort of later stage freight tech? Because there's a lot of people here that you've seen with one company. Now they're with another one. So our sort of ecosystem of talent is kind of spread around, too. Do you think that's helping sort of cross pollinate? The thinking within these institutions? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What comes around goes, goes, goes around. around. Goes around. You got any other uh, sage <laughs> advice for us over there, Mo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The concept of Wu Wei. <laughs> Mo, what do you hope to, Mar Marcus, what do you hope to come out? Oh, yeah, I guess you're both Mo, kind of. There's a great call you both yeah. Mo in a way. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's kind of confusing. You got, well, you got Marcus' head spin there. He's like, nah, Mar that's new. Mar 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 Mo C. Mo Cooksey. All right. Uh, Mo think, squared. Yeah. All right. There we go. <laughs> That's how we differentiate. Now, what was the question again? Now, I was going to ask you, so when you're here in Cleveland, what do you hope to learn when you come out here? What I hope to learn is what are some of the new kind of innovation around what we do, uh, which is artificial intelligence specific around processing documents and moving, removing the, I wouldn't say human element, but making things more efficient. When you look at how telephone calls were made years ago, you had a switchboard operator. Yeah. A lot of our accounts payable back office looks like that. And I think we're moving into a digital age and digital world where most of that's digitized through AI. And that's what we're doing. So we're looking to connect with people who see that vision in the future. What is you, our, our speaker, Mr. Freeman, this morning, our keynote, I don't know if you heard that, but he said that artificial intelligence isn't possible because we don't even know what intelligence is. <laughs> and I think he was, he was joking a little bit, yeah. but it made me think. And I was like, what do you think, someone in AI, what do you think gets AI'd or automated out first? Is it the, the brokers or is it the truck drivers? Um, I, think, I think the brokers. So I think if you look at a broker or even a shipper or so forth, it starts there. Right, it has to start with a person who is kind of managing the freight a little bit, and then it makes it easier to embrace it. And I'm gonna give a quick example. Sure. You, you look at Uber uh, passenger and what they did, right? They were able to convince people to use their cars. They were able to convince people that you can get a ride, and if you download this single software, both of you will be on the same platform, but that started back on a single platform to get drivers because without the drivers, it didn't matter if you had drivers. So I think it has to start back there and with a similar model. 
That's kind of that's kind of iterative on P2P to begin with. Like yeah. people being familiar with P2P concepts yeah. and even those connections. And I'm talking about like on a consumer level. Yeah. I, I think uh, there's three things, right? You need to be on one digital platform and get off the EDI and the AS400s. Number two, you need some kind of marketplace aspect and automation on your back office processes. Yeah. Then you got that third piece, which is AI. The only problem I see with brokers is sometimes they're their own worst enemy with their egos and they're oh. not going to let it come in. Whoa. Wow. Oh, All right. right there. Okay. You, you have a mic drop here? You gotta, you gotta. <laughs> so I think the truckers would uh, would resort to it to get more efficiency. I don't know if you saw a report recently, but the tune is changing that shippers and large uh, logistics companies don't want efficiency more than they want supply chain resilience. And I think uh, AI is going to be a big piece of that resilience going down the line. Now, you guys are a little closer to the weather vein. Is that where, and you mentioned the VC, is that where all, because outside of freight, it sounds like where that's where all the money is going. There's all those articles like put AI in your, in your pitch book and it goes up 40% or whatever it may be. Is that the same in freight or people a little bit more measured on, on AI? Like what, what's, what's, the, what's the, the, the dropper right now? Uh, I think you have to be careful because a lot of the smart supply chain investors don't bite onto uh, blockchain and AI yeah. and they have this like uh, fallacy in their mind that it won't work, although it is real and it is going to work. Uh, so if you want to sell and you want to raise money from shippers or VCs, you should really focus on value driven. Like yeah. what Pat Martin was saying yeah. up there on stage is like, I'm going to put you in front of a customer and show me that you could sell. If you bring the AI and blockchain, you might not sell and you might not get that investor as a result. Absolutely. See, is there ever any sort of existential dread that someone will blockchain AI? And what I mean by that is that blockchain isn't necessarily bad, but you know what I'm talking about, the marketing behind blockchain. There's so much promised and undelivered by like block, it's going to do this, you're going to do entries through it, all that. And then like it became on the VC side that like, I remember in 2020, they like there was there, there were all these different articles and reports. Like if you had blockchain, like get blockchain out of your pitch book, you got blockchain there, like no, no, no funding. So do you see that happening to AI at all, or is it? What do you see, Marcus? Uh, I, I think AI is going to be for specific applications, and I think we we are now comfortable with the the idea of AI. So it's a household name, and now we see specific applications. The blockchain, I think there are applications for sure, but I think there still are some layers of like understanding where AI was like 10 years ago Yeah, in forced blockchain. That's just my view I of it. I think also blockchain was too complicated for people to understand. It wasn't being explained easily and yeah. people got scared of it. And especially when a lot of the people in the industry put money on Bitcoin and stuff like that and it crashed, then that caused the death of it. Yeah. But it's a very reliable technology. Yeah. AI, on the other hand, I'm getting immediate results and it's easier to yeah. understand and it's more yeah. applicable in more different yeah. dimensions. So I think it's going to yeah. win. And I think I'm going to go out on a ledge here, cowbell ledge. Yeah. Um, I think that blockchain is going to make a comeback. Blockchain. Well, I, I don't okay. think it's dead. I think I it was an issue with this that market. It was just you know, overpromise, yeah. underdelivered yeah. to a lot of people. Yeah. Like what AI was back when the dot, uh, dot net bubble was back in the it's, It takes some time before people get comfortable, use it, and, and I think blockchain is probably maybe another t 10 years away, the way AI was uh, 10 years ago, away from really having commercial success, if that makes wow. sense. Yeah. Well, amazing. Got any message for the people before I let you go? Because I'm going to have you guys cabal off in just a second, but any message for the people, why they should come talk to you or partner with you? Um, I think this market actually helps us understand why it's important to be focused on not just profits or market conditions, 
but we have to hedge ourselves based on operational costs. So there are things that we can do today to increase efficiency so that we will be able to be resilient no matter what market we're in. I think sometimes we get so comfortable with a, you know, with a, with a bull market that you know, we have problems. So this is the time to now prepare yourself for that next market so that we can be okay in the future. Yeah, so we're ZoomApp. Uh, we've built a TMS with the marketplace with tracking, billing, pricing, and every other thing booth you will see here in one platform. We have data that shows that we can double your efficiency in terms of loads per operator per day overnight. If you're interested in that, let me prove it to you through the scientific method. <laughs> All right, well, All right. now it's time for the cowbell off before we close out the show. Who would like to go first? Oh, All right, hey, you've been asking for, no, 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 no. You've let's been start asking with Marty. Oh, right. you want to see what he's going to bring for, out. For most I would here. go hard on this. I would go, I would go hard, man. All right. Put a little beat, go hard. Nice. That, I like that, it. That's pretty darn good, man. I don't know if I can beat that. I think he had more beat, I, but you still are on the count. I got to take this bag before I do. Uh, how about mine? Let's go, Red Sox. Silence. Sorry. Silence. Go Chiefs. Silence. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you for joining me on What the Truck. Hit the music, guys. We're going to wrap this one up. Everybody, we'll see you over at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But they great content over here. Make sure to go to all the boots. And as Justin said, go get those. Uh, go over to the Triumph Bay booth. We got the ear pods over there. Take it easy, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow on this particular show. By the way, hats and shirts over here. If you'd like one, just come over to uh, TV booth over here. I'll hook you up.